Mindfulness Mode 514. Hey, I'm jumping in here before today's interview on Chakra Healing to talk to you, my devoted Mindful Tribe listeners. We're experiencing dramatic times with this coronavirus, COVID-19. I'm here for you, and I just want to offer my help. My schedule for the week has opened up, and I want to tell you that I'm here for you. You can talk personally to me starting today. I want to listen to you. I want to be here for you. Are you experiencing anxiety? Are you experiencing stress through this? I think we probably all are. You can book a free call with me. We'll talk about all this. This is not about me selling anything. It's not about anything other than let's just talk. There's no cost. This is the same reason I work for so long in bullying prevention. I just want to help people and I'm here for you. Just go to mindfulnessmode.com slash I need to talk and book a time. You can book it for today, for tomorrow, or anytime in the next two weeks. And I'm here to listen and support you. Please don't get on the call and try to sell me something. This is for you, Mindful Tribe. We're all in this together. Our lives have been turned upside down, and I'm sure there's more to come. And more than ever, we need to be here for each other, to reach out and talk and support one another. So again, book a time to talk personally with me at mindfulnessmode.com slash I need to talk. We'll get through this with the help of mindfulness, with meditation, deep breathing, reminders to live in the moment. Just take the time for you. Give yourself the gift of having another person to talk to and a person you haven't talked to one-on-one before. That's me. You know me from the podcast, and now because my schedule has opened up and because I love helping people and I want to help you, if there's anything I can offer you at all in the form of words and just listening, get on a call. I can help you. So I'm giving you a chance to be heard, and I'll be a very good listener and offer my words to personally help you through this. So now let's get on with the show today with Dr. Susan Shumsky. The unique thing about human incarnation is that you can attain higher consciousness. You can attain enlightenment. Hey, Mindful Tribe. I am really excited today because I have a a fantastic author with me who has written two new books two new books, as well as 17 books that she's written. So anyway, I have Dr. Susan Shumsky with me today. Dr. Shumsky, are you in mindfulness mode today? (laughs) I'm always in mindfulness mode. (laughs) I am not surprised by that. (laughs) Not at all. I'd just like to share a little bit about you before we start talking with Mindful Tribe. Dr. Susan Shumsky dedicates her life to helping people take command of their lives in highly effective and powerful, positive ways. And like I said, she's the best-selling author of 17 books, and uh, she's won some prestigious book awards, and she's a pioneer in the human 
potential field. She's taught meditation, prayer, affirmation, and intuition to thousands of people worldwide. And uh, she is such a highly respected spiritual teacher. And you're going to find that out as we're talking here. And her mentor for over two decades was Maharashi Mahesh Yogi. So this is going to be exciting to talk to you about this. So first of all, I like to ask all my guests this question, and it may seem a little silly to ask you this question, but what does mindfulness mean to you? Mindfulness means awareness. Okay. And the ultimate awareness is pure consciousness absolute pure consciousness, which is transcendental in nature, and which is beyond this field of duality that we live in, beyond the waking, dreaming, and sleeping states of consciousness. There is a fourth state. In India, they call it Turiya, meaning fourth, the fourth state. And that is the state of samadhi. Samadhi, that word is a Sanskrit word. It means evenness of mind and stillness of body. So in that state, you are most mindful because you are in, you are realizing you, or you have realized, let's put it that way, your true nature, which is absolute bliss consciousness. Well, that's what we're all seeking, isn't it? For a lot of us, I think absolute bliss And you have studied this for so long and you were actually kind of in the hippie crowd back in the 60s. So that must must be pretty exciting thinking back to those times. What was it like? (laughs) Well, uh, those of us who were flower children, like I was, uh, you know, it wasn't just all about sex, drugs and rock and roll. Uh, We were, in fact, seeking nirvana that state of nirvana, which is the state of enlightenment. And our mentors at that time were Timothy Leary and Richard Alpert, who later became Ram Dass. Right. And they were telling us to turn on, tune in, and drop out. So we were trying to do that. And they wrote a book called The Psychedelic Experience. And they said that we would be able to reach these higher states of consciousness through LSD. And what what happened to you when you took LSD? I had a psychotic breakdown. (laughs) Whoa. And did you just take it once or what? No, I took it three times. The third time was a charm. I actually did have a transcendental experience. However, I was unconscious the entire time. I was unconscious for four and a half hours as I was having this transcendental bliss experience with a blissful smile on my face in ecstasy. But I was unconscious. So, But you never uh, wanted to take LSD again or what? Uh, Well, actually, the reason why I never took drugs again was because I wanted to learn real meditation. And uh, Maharishi Mahesh Yogi, who is the founder of Transcendental Meditation, he was my guru. I actually was with him for over two decades. And his stipulation for learning a Transcendental Meditation, he was the founder of Transcendental Meditation, okay? So the stipulation for learning that was you had to give up any kind of recreational chemicals for 15 days before you were initiated into that process of TM. So I gave up all drugs and never, I've never taken anything like that since because I, I don't need to. I mean, the only reason for taking the drugs was to experience nirvana. 
Right. And you then actually ended up on his staff for six years, didn't you? I was on Maharishi's personal staff for six years. Yeah, that was. Yeah. So when you think back to those six years, what pops into your mind? Was there a low point? Was there a struggle? Was there a challenge you were dealing with back then at that time? Continually. Every day was an incredibly intense, more intense than you could ever imagine, emotional seesaw. Heaven and hell, heaven and hell. And let me try to explain why. When you go to study with a spiritual master from India, they want you to become the best you can be. They want to help you become an improved version of yourself. They want Mm -hmm. you actually to attain higher consciousness. So in order to do that, you really have to change pretty dramatically. (laughs) So uh, he would perform open ego surgery on me on a daily basis. I call call it open ego surgery. So it was really a a sort of praise and lifting the person up to ridiculous heights and then smashing them down to ridiculous lows on a daily basis. So it was very, very intense. And I wasn't the only person who experienced that. I mean, other people that were on staff, we all experienced that. How many were on staff? Oh, I don't know. A few dozen. Not a few dozen. Many. Okay. So maybe Not very many people. 20, 30, uh, something like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe 50, you know. Maybe 50. Uh, we okay. were supporting Maharishi, who was, he was teaching teacher training courses at the time in Europe. Yeah. So we were the support staff and I worked in many different departments. I worked in accounting. I did design, uh, artwork and design. I worked in housing. I actually ran this huge, very luxurious hotel in uh, Interlaken, uh, Switzerland. (laughs) It was was wild. And I also did editing. He had me do some editing. He wanted me to write, but I was very resistant to that. So I never did it. Why do you think you were so resistant to writing? I didn't think I was good at that. I, uh, I just didn't okay. think that that was my forte, but it turned uh-huh. out <laughs> that it was. <laughs> well, you have the ability to communicate directly with divine beings. And do you do that on a daily basis? As a matter of fact, I do. Yeah. I want to hear about that. And, and do they have to be divine? That's what I want to know. Do they have to be divine or can they just be any beings? I'm not interested in communicating with demonic beings or beings on a lower level. I'm only interested in communicating with beings that are in the spiritual world. Okay. So that would be angels, archangels, ascended masters, deities, perhaps mm-hmm. a deceased loved ones of people, you know, who passed over uh, just beings who are in the spiritual plane. Uh, that's, those are the ones that are safe to communicate with. It's really not safe to communicate with lower beings beings who are, um, who don't have your best interests at heart. Shall we put it right, that way? <laughs> right. So would you be able to share with us who you were communicating with earlier today? Or if you have been? Yeah, I communicate with, for example, Holy Spirit, Babaji, and those are the main ones. But I also communicate with other divine beings. Um, now, is that what deities. makes you such a happy individual? Because you laugh so much. I love it. Uh, yeah, it does make me a happy individual. I mean, nothing can make a person happier than uh, realizing the true self and the true self, the nature of the true self is bliss and happiness. So, yeah. And so what happens 
what happens when we die? Let's talk about consciousness. And, you know, my listeners have been listening to my show for a long time, but this is a question that we want to hear an answer from you. Okay. Well, I mean, if you read about the near-death experience, I'm going to talk about that first. Yes. Uh, You will read that the experiences are rather common. In other words, most people have similar experiences. And that is that they, uh, well, first of all, near-death people, they've flatlined. In other words, their heart has stopped. Yes. And they, um, they often will see a light some kind of glorious, beauteous light. And they will, see a, they will often see a tunnel and the tunnel is leading them into the light and their loved ones might be there ushering them into the light. And then they go into the light and they meet a divine being. And then they're told, go back, <laughs> go back to earth. And you haven't finished yet. So that's, that's what the near-death, uh, people who've had near-death experiences describe. And I do believe that that is what happens after death. And I believe that uh, we do go into the light. And that that is the time when we figure out what we're going to do in our next incarnation. Because if you're not spiritually enlightened completely, you will come back and incarnate again. If you are spiritually enlightened, you have the choice to not incarnate again. And you may want to live in a celestial world with a divine being, or you may want to serve as an ascended master. That is possible if you have attained uh, that state of enlightenment. Uh, there's, there's choices that you have after death, just like there's choices that you have every day. Okay, so and we can make those choices right away after we die, or does it take yes. some time? I mean, time isn't the same as what yeah. it is in this realm, right? Right, and and often you will meet divine beings when you are on the other side, and those beings will help you, uh, they'll guide you. Um, often also when a person dies, there, there will be a life review. The life review means that you get to see uh, every moment of your life that you just had, not only from your own standpoint, but from the standpoint of everyone who you encountered. So you get to stand in their shoes and see how you affected them. So that life review is helpful for when you want to figure out what you're going to do next time. Maybe you want to uh, have situations in your next incarnation where you'll be able to work on some of the defects that you've seen in yourself in the life review. So these are some of the things that might happen to a person after they die. But the reality is that we're creating our own destiny and our own reality moment by moment with every thought, every word, and every deed. So it is said by Lord Buddha in the very first verse of the first chapter of the Dhammapada, Lord Buddha says, all that we are is the result of what we have thought. If a person speaks or acts with a pure thought, then happiness follows him or her. If a person speaks or acts with an impure thought, then unhappiness follows him or her. So we're creating our own destiny moment by moment with every thought, every word and every deed. And that's true in the afterlife as well. 
you're creating right. your own reality over there too. You still have freedom of choice. You still have free will. Wow. The body uh, disappears, but your subtle body lives on. Right. And, and you can continue to communicate with any of those people that you decide to, or those former people. Is that true? You mean divine beings? Yes. Well, yeah. I mean, for people who have passed over and have not communicated with divine beings during their lifetime, they will be able to communicate with them after death. Now, you can help anyone become a psychic or a clairvoyant. How long would it take and what would that process look like? Well, that depends on your definition of a psychic or clairvoyant. <laughs> okay, well, you tell us yours. <laughs> if, if you want to develop your subtle sensory perception is what I call it. I don't call it extrasensory perception because you can't perceive anything without the senses. Extrasensory perception would uh, imply that you can experience things without the senses. In fact, your senses are not in your physical body. Your senses are in your subtle body. They're in a layer of your subtle body. There's five layers to your subtle body. There is the physical body, the life force energy body, the mental emotional body, the intellect ego body, and the causal body. Those are the five traditional sheaths that pervade, permeate, and surround our, our physical form. So, uh, so after death, um, that subtle body lives on. Now, uh, uh, so I'm answering your question about <laughs> becoming psychic, right? Right, right. So uh, it is possible for you to develop your psychic abilities, your um, not extra sensory, but super sensory or subtle sensory perception. Okay. Uh -huh. And it's so easy to do that. I'll tell you how to do it right now. <laughs> okay. Okay. Tell me. <laughs> All that you have to do is you sit down in the chair, you get real comfortable, you close uh, your eyes. I can do those things. Yeah, I think anybody can. You take a few deep breaths. I'll give you an example like this. You can breathe out through your nose or your mouth. It doesn't matter, but breathe in through your nose. Okay. And when you take a few deep breaths, maybe three deep breaths, you'll become, just settle down. You'll get more quiet. Mm -hmm. Yes. And then you might take some more deep breaths and even get more quiet. And then once you're in a really quiet state, you do something that people generally don't do during meditation. And that is you ask. Everything that I teach is based upon this one principle, ask and it shall be given unto you. So when you're in that deep state of meditation, you ask, you ask a question or you ask for guidance, you ask for inspiration, you ask for healing, whatever it is that you want at that time. And then you will receive. And how you will receive is you'll take another deep breath and then you'll do something that I call the do nothing program. That means do nothing nothing and less than nothing you just have a neutral attitude willing to receive and then the answer or the experience you've asked for whatever it is you've asked for will occur and it will the if you if you ask a question you'll get the answer through either clear seeing which means clairvoyance seeing inner visions clear hearing which means hearing the words that are being spoken to you by spirit with a capital s 
or clear feeling, clear sentience. Those are the three basic ways that you receive messages from the still small voice within. Right. Oh, that's beautiful. It could be a voice. It could be a feeling. It could be a vision. Those are the three basic ways. And I teach people how to do that at will. Because most people who are psychic, unquote, they don't necess- they're not necessarily able to get it at will. But you can if you ask. So it's all about asking and receiving. And it's about practice. Practice makes perfect. So we know that anytime we want to learn something new, if we want to learn how to play the piano, if we want to learn uh, a language or whatever it is we want to learn, we have to practice. Of course. And with regards to practice, don't be afraid to make a mistake because mm-hmm. you're going to make mistakes and that's okay. It's just a matter of practice, 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 practice. Wow. I just love this. And I just feel that you've communicated this so beautifully to us oh, so you. simply. And my theory is that we overthink so much. Well, yeah. uh, you know, in this realm <laughs> and that and that so many of the answers are found in simplifying, you know, everything, simplifying simple, things. Simple uh, the reason you're here, Dr. Shamsky, is because of the two marvelous books that you've just written. And one of them is called The Big Book of Chakras and Chakra Healing. And the subtitle is How to Unlock Your Seven Energy Centers for Healing, Happiness and transformation. And I have to say, Mindful Tribe, that this book, you know, you may think it looks a little bit intimidating, maybe, maybe not. But once you open it and start reading it, it isn't at all. It's just, it's easy. It simplifies things. It takes you by the hand. Really, Dr. Shamsky, it's you taking me by the hand. And you're just, you're just going slow and gentle and easy. And I just love how you're, you're able to do that. The big book of chakras. So for those of our listeners, mindful tribe that do not know what this means, the big book of chakras and chakra healing, can you just kind of uh, frame that a little bit for us? Well, we have to start at the beginning. Of course. (laughs) The beginning is prana. Prana means life force energy. In India, they call it prana. In China, they call it chi. And in Japan, they call it ki. So the life force energy that is in the breath, in the air, in food, in water, that's prana. And that's what's keeping us alive. According to the ancient scriptures of India, the Upanishads, it is said that when prana is in the body, that is what's defined as life. And when prana leaves the body, that is what is defined as death. So prana gives you motion and it gives you heat. Without heat and motion, you're a corpse. So uh, that's prana, prana life force energy. Now I talked about these subtle bodies for a moment before. And one of the subtle bodies is your vital energy body, otherwise known as pranamaya kosha, the prana body, body of prana. And the body of prana consists of this life force energy flowing through it, keeping you alive. So the life force energy prana flows through specific conduits of energy. And the conduits in India, they're called nadi. And in China, they're called meridian. Okay, so those are the conduits through which 
the life force energy is flowing. When many of these conduits come together to form a plexus, then we have a chakra. Chakra is a Sanskrit word. There's no such word as chakra in English or yes. in Sanskrit. The word right. is chakra, chakra. So the chakra are these energy centers. And there are seven major energy centers that are regulating your body, that are keeping you alive. And then there's seven minor chakras as well, many of which are in your head, in your brain area. And those are the ones that are talked about in the ancient scriptures. When I wrote this book, the original edition of this book, that is, I went back to the ancient scriptures of India and found the most authentic information I could find about the subject because I was going to have to write about this topic, which is so esoteric and so difficult for people to understand. Sure. So uh, I found out that the scriptures were very explicit, very descriptive about all these chakras and what their meaning is and what they do and what they look like and all of that. So it's all in the book. And I illustrated the book very heavily. It's called uh, The Big Book of Chakras and Chakra Healing. And uh, I'm an illustrator. So I did beautiful illustrations of the chakra deities, the chakra yantras, which means diagrams, and, um, and also charts and graphics, tons of that, those just makes it easier to read when you can visualize when you have pictures too, you know? Yeah. So it's a very heavily illustrated book and it's, it's like an encyclopedia of the chakras. It tells you everything you ever wanted to know about chakras. It also tells you everything you never wanted to know about chakras. <laughs> everything. <laughs> Yeah. Well, one of the things, Mindful Tribe, that you're probably wanting to know right now is Dr. Shumsky's website where you can learn more about her. And there are two places, uh, drsusan.org, which is just simply drsusan.org. How easy is that? And the other one is divinetravels.com. So be sure to check out Dr. Susan online. But we're also here because she wrote a second book, and that one is called Third Eye Meditations, and it's a book filled with meditations. The subtitle is Awaken Your Mind, Spirit, and Intuition. Now, tell us why you decided to release both books at the same time, Dr. Shamsky. Well, uh, the big book of chakras came out on November 1st, and the Third Eye Meditation book came out on January 1st, and I actually have absolutely new absolutely no control over when they come out the publisher okay. decides that. i see okay that answers that yeah. yeah that answers that well i uh i really enjoy how you're able to uh lead us through meditations in the book would you be willing to lead a very short meditation now absolutely i would love to do that so why don't we all get really comfortable in our chairs sit really comfortably just be completely yes. comfortable because comfort is the most important thing when it comes to meditation. And okay, and I'm going to cut in here. Yeah. Because I think so many people have this idea that, you know, when you meditate, you might maybe go to an ashram somewhere or whatever, and you would be expected to sit cross-legged on the floor, which wouldn't be very comfortable for a lot of us. Why, why is it that we have that idea, but yet you're saying that we should just be in a chair as comfortable as we possibly can be. Well, because comfort is the most important thing when it comes to meditation. You can't 
get into deep uh, states, uh, restful states of, of awareness if you're uncomfortable. <laughs> if okay, you're thinking great. about if you're thinking about, oh my God, my back hurts. That's not really going to help. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks for that very simple answer. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I recommend that unless you really love to sit without back support, it's really important to have back support. So that's just my little tip there. Mm-hmm. All right. So we get comfortable and then we'll just close our eyes and we'll keep the eyes closed until I tell you to open them. So let's take a big, deep breath together. Breathe in. Okay. Let it go. And we take a big deep breath of divine love. Breathe in. And release. And a big deep breath of relaxation. Breathe in. And let it all go. Relax, 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 release. Release and be at peace. Peace, peace, be still. Be still and be at peace. Perfect peace, perfect peace, perfect peace. Be still and be at peace. Let's take a deep breath and go even deeper. Breathe in. And let it all go. Let go, let go, let go, let go. Let go, let go, let go. Peace, peace, be still. Be still and be at peace. Let's just allow the body to relax for a moment, becoming aware of the forehead and the eyes and the eyebrows and the space between the eyebrows. Let's just relax those areas. Relax the chin and the jaw. Relax the shoulders. Relax the hands and the fingers. Relax the arms. Relax the stomach. Relax the thighs, the knees the legs, and the feet. Relax the toes. Relax the entire body. Relax the eyes. Relax the cheeks, the eyebrows. The space between the eyebrows. Allow the whole body to relax, go into a very deep state of relaxation. And then relax the mind, allow the mind to be quiet and still as we take another big deep breath, breathe in. Let it all go, allowing the mind to be still and to relax, be quiet, perfect and still. Just like a still pond without a ripple, perfectly quiet, perfectly still, perfectly relaxed. Taking another big deep breath, breathe in. 
and let it all go. Settling down even more, knowing that the subconscious mind is now relaxed, going into a very deep state of peace and deep relaxation, just like the water at the bottom of the ocean, perfectly still, perfectly quiet, perfectly relaxed. Then we take another big deep breath, breathe in, and let it all go. And we just become aware now I'm aware of the heart center. And let us just call upon divine love. Call upon divine love to fill our heart with peace. Allow us to immerse in divine love. Let us just imagine that we are bathing in an ocean of divine love. That we are now immersing ourselves in the ocean of unconditional divine love. And that divine love is vibrating and radiating within our heart and beginning to expand, to encompass, to fill us to surround us and we are now being bathed and nurtured and nourished by divine love. Pure love fills and surrounds us now. And we are love. We are filled with love. There is so much love around us. And that love is not only around us, it is within us. We are ourselves that ocean of love. We are ourselves that inner divinity, that purity, that wholeness, that oneness, that fulfillment, that perfection, that peace, that understanding, that wisdom that fulfillment and contentment. And let's take another deep breath, breathe in. And let it all go. And let us now call upon divine light. Let us just imagine a beautiful, beautiful sun above our head. And that sun represents divine light. It is a radiant, beautiful, blinding light of such immensity and beauty and glory. And that divine light now begins to descend, to fill every part and particle of our being. It descends down through the head area, down through the neck and the shoulders, and down through the torso down through the arms and the hands and the fingers and the stomach and the buttocks and the 
thighs and legs and feet and toes. And we are just being surrounded and filled with pure divine light. We are radiating and illuminating that divine light from within us. And it's not only filling and encompassing our body, it is radiating outward to touch every being on this planet. This divine light fills and surrounds us now and brings us so much solace, so much comfort, so much protection and perfection. We are radiating divine light and divine love, and we are blessed, and we are a blessing to all around us. Divine love fills and surrounds us now. Divine love protects us. Divine love brings us peace. Divine love is pure and whole. Divine love fills us with grace. We are love and we are love. We are light. We are blessedness. So we give great gratitude to God for this meditation now, keeping our eyes closed until I tell you to open them. We're going to come out of this meditation by pretending to blow out candles. So let me demonstrate. Let's all do that. Now we come forth from that meditation with great gratitude and love, knowing that our lives have been permanently transformed, lifted, and healed by this meditation. Let's blow out a candle. Knowing that we come forth from the level of spirit to the level of mind, knowing that our minds have been transformed permanently and completely by this meditation in positive, powerful ways. And let's blow out another candle. And now we are aware that our physical body has been transformed permanently and beautifully and wonderfully by this meditation. And that we are filled with radiant health and well-being and robust health and great energy. And we now blow out another candle coming forth to the level of environment, but keeping our eyes closed and just becoming aware of the environment around us, of sounds around us, temperature of the room, just being aware that we're sitting comfortably and being aware of the things around us. And now we take another, uh, we, we blow out another candle bringing with us all this divine love, this divine light, this divine joy into everyday life, into every precious moment of every day. Now let's blow out four more candles, come all the way out to inward and outward balance, and then open our eyes. Open our eyes. If you do not feel like opening your eyes, blow out more candles and then open your eyes. 
And with eyes wide open, let's say the following affirmation, just repeat after me. I am alert. I am alert. I am very alert. I am very alert. I'm awake. I am awake. I'm very awake. I am very awake. I am inwardly and outwardly balanced. I am inwardly and outwardly balanced. I am in control. I am in control. I'm the only authority in my life. I am the only authority in my life. I am divinely protected by the light of my being. I am divinely protected by the light of my being. Thank you, God. And so it is. Thank you, God. And so it is. So how do you feel, Bruce? I feel alive and <laughs> vibrant and I feel terrific. That's good. Very yeah. Good. Thank you for doing You're that. You're welcome. That was wonderful. I've got so many questions. I could talk to you all afternoon. I can't talk to you all afternoon, <laughs> but I would love to. But I know that you have your doctorate. And, you know, when I read about you, I learned that you would spend weeks and weeks meditating. You know, when you were in India and, of course, different places, you traveled around the world. But I'm just wondering, when did you fit in your formal education with this? How did that all work? And when did you get your degrees? Oh, not till after I left the ashram. Okay. And my doctorate thesis was my first book, Divine Revelation. <laughs> oh, was it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I noticed that in your book... You said this, you said the latest developments in theoretical physics postulate that the fundamental objects in nature are not point-like, but are vibrational modes of an extended object. And I, I'm just fascinated with this. My son um, edited my podcast for three years, and then he decided that he wanted to become a theoretical physicist. Oh, wow. And off he went to school in September, and he's working on that every day and is completely dedicated to that. And so I think it's fascinating what the world of science and the world of physics is bringing to us. Is there any way you can kind of explain this a little bit to us so that Mindful Tribe can grasp its meaning? Well, I was talking about string theory. You know? Yes, it's string theory, yes. <laughs> I mean, how much do I understand that? I'm not a physicist. Right. You understand that the world is made of vibrations and that, according to ancient India, there is a fundamental vibration from which the universe springs. And that yes. vibration is called Om. So Om is the underlying sound or vibration from which this entire universe is built. And that the Sanskrit alphabet are the 50 mantric units or 50 mantras, 50 sounds that come out of Om. And then from those 50 sounds, the whole universe begins. So uh, that theory is the basis of the chakra system. Because these Sanskrit sounds are actually located in the chakras. All 50 of them are located in your seven major chakras. I mean, all 50 of them are uh, spread throughout those seven major chakras. Thanks for explaining that. And of course, Mindful Tribe, get the book because it is explained so clearly and all of these concepts are, and it's just a true treasure to have this book, I can tell you. Now we have to move forward in this interview, but before we do, I'm just going to reiterate, check out drsusan.org or divinetravels.com 
And these two books are Third Eye Meditations, and the other one is the Big Book of Chakras and Chakra Healing. Now, I just want to move forward and ask you five quick answer questions, if that's sure. okay with Absolutely. you, Dr. Shamsky. The first one is this. Who is one person who has influenced mindfulness in your life? Well, there were two main ones. Uh, what, well, the first one was, was Maharishi Mahesh Yogi. Of he course. Was my mentor that I studied with for over 20 years. And then Peter Meyer. Uh, was my other great mentor who actually taught me how to listen to the still small voice within. Beautiful. How has mindfulness affected your emotions or can you comment on your emotions? Well, the main thing about attaining higher awareness or experiencing who you really are is that that brings you to a space of tranquility. So even though you may uh, get upset about things, uh, challenges that occur in your lifetime, you can always return to that place of stillness anytime, simply by asking. That's why what I teach and everything, the basis of everything I teach is ask and it shall be given unto you. By asking, you will receive. You will receive whatever you desire. And tranquility is one of the easiest things to ask for, <laughs> actually. Because it's a state of meditation, and, and when you're in meditation, you can ask for that, and you will become more tranquil, especially if you take some deep breaths along with asking. <laughs> I've certainly found that it works for me. I meditate every day, and I find that what you say is exactly right on. So tell us, now you've already talked about breathing, of course, but can you sum it up? Tell us how breathing is a part of your day-to-day -day life and what you do and how you well, live. Well, I think breathing is part of everybody's daily life, like 24 hours, we're always breathing. But um, yeah, to take a few deep breaths can help you calm down. Sure and in can. fact, you can even learn to do what we call what's called pranayama, or breathing exercises. And the word prana, if you notice is in that word, meaning you're increasing life force energy, you're increasing prana, when you do a few breathing exercises. So uh, in my book, the big book of chakras and chakra healing, you can learn several breathing exercises. Um, easy to practice. Beautiful. If you could recommend a book besides the 17 books that you've written, which we'll check out, what other book would you recommend that's related to this topic, related to the mindfulness? Bhag Bhagavad Gita. Okay. Can you share an app? which can help no. people with, you don't, okay. So your app would be, don't use an app. <laughs> Great. Yeah, I love that. I love that you yeah. just said that. Yeah, well, that can, be a, that can be a better app than any other app I know. Great. Yes. <laughs> this has been a true pleasure, Dr. Shumsky, to have you on the Mindfulness Mode podcast. I truly appreciated every moment of it and your meditation was wonderful and, and just talking to you about all this. And it's so fascinating. So, you know, get the book, Mindful Tribe. There are two of them, Third Eye Meditations and the other one is the Big Book of Chakras. And go to drsusan.org and divinetravels.com. And do you have a word of wisdom for us as we as we wrap up, Dr. Shumsky? I do. Uh, you know, you're very lucky that you are in a human incarnation. It's not really easy to get a human incarnation, amazingly. You might think it's easy, but it isn't that easy in the whole scheme of the universe. Because 
the unique thing about human incarnation is that you can attain higher consciousness. You can attain enlightenment. So now that you're in this human incarnation, just make the most of it. Mm. Spend your time, if you can, as much as possible, doing spiritual practices and learning how to realize who you really are and how to realize where you come from, why you're here, what your purpose is. These things are fundamental questions that are very important for you to explore and to experience your true higher self. That is the purpose of your life, to experience who you really are and to realize God. Thank you for the wise words and uh, all the best to you, Dr. Shamsky. All the best to you, Bruce, also. And thanks for inviting me. Thank you. Bye now. Like I said at the top of the show, we're all going through this tough time with this pandemic. We're going through this together. I'm here for you. I'm offering to talk. I'm offering to listen. I'm offering to give you a chance to talk and be heard. So it's free. Jump on a call with me, mindfulnessmode.com slash I need to talk and book a time. And we'll just, we'll just talk about this and uh, we'll be in the moment. And we'll talk about mindfulness and meditation and deep breathing and how we can move through this stressful time. Thanks for listening. See you next time.